Make sure you tell somebody good morning. Make sure you let them know that they are the best thing that you've seen since you woke up. teaching and preaching in series because I can stay in a vein and it, it helps me a lot. And when I have nothing and I've got to rely totally, it's a little, it's a little nervous for me. It should be nervous, nerve-wracking for you as well because you don't, you don't really know how long you're going to be here. Um, but we'll let you out before five, I promise. You know, we were talking about that thing earlier and, and how we always want to add to something with, with our behavior and, and, and what we can control and what we can do and don't do. And, you know, religion has been compiled of that for generations. Um, believe it or not, there was a religiosity in the Old Testament. And that was when Moses went on top of Mount Sinai and he got his little tablets and they were they were written and on those tablets when he brought them to the people they were all about the do's and the don'ts and you know through that time that's what they would follow that and then they would follow some different laws Uh, Moses actually implemented some of those laws too we we typically would blame all that on the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but Moses actually added to the laws as well because he had to get involved with divorce. You remember that? He had, to get in, he had to get involved with thievery. and It's amazing how a generation could stand at the foot of a mountain and be so frightened of what was taking place on top that they would tell Moses, you go and talk to him. We don't want to talk to him. But yet they would still find themselves, because if you continue to read through, through Exodus, you, you would find that Moses had to go and get the Ten Commandments again. Because when he brought them down the first time, he broke them. Because of how people were acting. I mean, they were sitting here witnessing everything that's going on. This is why I kind of chuckle when people go, well, if I could see God actually move, then I would believe. No, you wouldn't. They would see him swallow people up, and they still done. I mean, aren't we a fickle bunch of people? The Bible actually calls us stiff necks. But if you've got your Bibles, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. And, and uh, How many of you would like to be able to stand and go, no matter, no matter what the storm is, I'll be okay? Can I tell you this morning, it can be that way. It can be that way. And Jesus took time, and th- this actually kind of parallels Moses if you look at it. Moses went up to the mountain to get some word from God. And here in Matthew, we find Jesus coming down and actually speaking to his people. 
and if you look at it, he's, he's, bringing, he's bringing law to the people, but he's also bringing it a level higher. Because now he's going he's gonna to look at, it's not about what you heard, but it's even if you've done. It's not about what was written, but now it's about if you have thought about. Man, that was, y'all think I'm a hard preacher. I mean, he hurt these people. He cut them up. Yeah, he did. But we don't we don't look at it like that. We think that, you know, it's it's all about grace in the New Testament. But, but anyway, if you got your Bibles, let's go to. I want to start Matthew chapter seven, and I'm just going to read a couple verses, starting at verse twenty four. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him as a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat that house. They beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. He started out by saying, therefore. When we see therefore, that automatically insinuates that there was something that took place beforehand. And we've got Jesus on the mount he is, he's, he's teaching and preaching the Beatitudes, if you will. And he goes on a little bit. I just want to, I want to peruse through these things because he said, if, if whoever hears, hears these things that I'm saying and does them, don't just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Whoever hears these things and does them, then he will liken him as the man that built his house upon the rock. You'll be a wise man. And after the storm passes by, your house will still be standing. Have you ever wondered why you seem like your house fell in a storm? Or you had to go and do some remodel work on your house after a storm? Maybe it's because of we heard his words, but we didn't do them. Let's just cruise through this real quick. When he first started this thing, he, he told him, he, told, he said, don't, don't think that I come to destroy it, destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. He goes on to say, he says, you've heard it said that those of old, or in those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But this is what I say to you. Whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. He's basically saying you don't have to go and murder somebody to actually. He goes on to say you shall not commit adultery. That's what you've heard. But I say to you whoever looks at a woman. To lust for her already has committed it. Furthermore it's been said that whoever divorces his wife. Let him give her a certificate of divorce. 
This is what Moses got involved with. And he said, look, I'm tired of the squabble stuff and I'm, I'm just here. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife for any reason, except sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. Again, you've heard that it was said of old that you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. He's basically saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't swear, to, don't swear by heaven and don't swear by, swear by earth. Heaven is the Lord's throne. The earth is his footstool. Don't swear by either one. If you say yes, let it be yes. If you say no, let it be no. You don't have to say, I swear, I said. He talks about going the second mile too. He, he says, if, if, if you've heard it said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Y'all remember that, right? Well, we want to live by that one. You hurt me, I'm hurting you. You do me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong. And Jesus actually takes them and he says, if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. If he wants this, let him have it all. <laughs> love your enemies. He said, you've heard that it was said, you shall not love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Hmm. He, says, do, he talks about doing good to please God. He's, he, he, he's talking about the charitable things. Don't, don't go and do charitable things and let everybody know what you're doing. Don't let the right hand know what the left hand's doing. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Don't be telling everybody everything that you Just do it. He talks about the praying. Don't, don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't, don't stand on the street corners and pray so that everybody can see you and you use these big eloquent words. He says, no, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray in secret. Go into a secret place. Close the door behind you. Talks about fasting. Don't fast so everybody sees you. Don't. Don't walk around with a long face looking like you've been beaten up and beaten down. He said, but yet anoint your head. Wash your face. Don't let it be known to everybody that you're doing something. Lay up your treasures in heaven. Don't lay up your your for yourself treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. You can't serve God in riches. No one can serve two masters. I wonder how many of us serve two masters. He says, do not worry. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body, more than clothing? Goes on to talk about looking at the birds of the air. Don't you see that I feed them and I clothe them? Why are you so concerned? I'll take care of you too. Much more will I take care of you. Don't judge. 
Don't judge lest you be judged. Enter in the narrow gate, for the wide gate is broad, or for the wide, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Boy, boy, don't you know that everybody gets, that's the verse right there that drew crowds to the churches. That's what excited everybody to serve the Lord. <laughs> okay, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. We don't want to hear that. It's difficult to serve God. We don't want to hear that it's difficult and it's narrow to get into the kingdom. We want to hear that it's broad and we can do anything and everything that we want to do. And we can still find our way inside. Yeah. This is why I encourage you, don't, don't worship the Lord how you want to. Mm, worship the Lord how he wants you to. Some days we don't even give God two seconds. And he's asked for your whole life. Matter of fact, he said that as a living sacrifice, present yourself as a living. That's your good and faithful service. That, that's, your, that's your best sacrifice you can give. That's the best offering that you could give God, your life. Preacher, I ain't coming back ever. It's fine. It's okay. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done the wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. And then he said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him as a wise man who built his house up on the rock. We covered a lot right there. I just, I wanted to give you an understanding of what Jesus just told the disciples that were surrounding him and listened to this sermon on the mount. He's telling them that every, everything that you've heard, it was a good thing, but here's the problem. What I don't want you getting tied up into is the Pharisaical life. That everything is hypocrisy. The Pharisees would teach one way, live another. I don't want you following in their footsteps because when the time comes and the storms come into your life, you're going to be like the foolish man. Your house is going to fall. I mean, he said all of this to lead us up to this point. And everybody in here, we've all done something outside of what he just preached. On the mountain. We've all done one, of, one, of, one or the other. We've done. You're not perfect. We've done it. We've been there. We've judged. We, we've cursed those that hate us. 
We fight back. We'll do the eye for eye. We'll lust. We've done it. And we wonder why when the storms come that our house seems so weak, so frail. God doesn't want you to apply a work to your salvation. God wants you to apply your heart to your salvation. We do out of the love for God, not for the love of God. We don't earn, we don't see it's, (laughs) our marriage with Christ isn't like our marriage with our spouse. See, we, we love our spouse so that we can get food. Come on, wives. We, we'll clean the house so our husband will buy us something. <laughs> or take us to dinner. Work all day and just look exhausted when the husband comes home so he'll feel sorry for me and take me out to dinner. When in fact, all you had to do was just ask him. <laughs> and he probably would have taken you anyway. Most husbands, good husbands, will just say yes, dear, anyway. Because we know better. (laughs) God's not wanting you to apply your works so that you can get the benefit of his goodness. The benefits of his goodness come by way of his grace. He... He's a just God. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's for those and will help those and will do for those that are unjust. As much as he will for those who are just. Yes. See, that's what gets under y'all's skin mm-hmm. as Christians. Because we look, they don't even go to church and look at them. Lord bless them. <laughs> well, you see, this is why it's a heart issue. Yeah. See, when you, when you tell me that you love me, don't do it with loose lips because one day I might challenge it. Let me put it this way so you don't get mean. It might be challenged. Pastor might go down and might need some help. But you loved me last week. What happened to the past six months when I was down? Where were you? I mean, no texts, no phone calls. But when I was up and we was hunting and fishing and riding and See how God checks us here? We can't just say without proving. Every word that you utter will be tested. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he will hold you accountable to every word spoken. 
every idle word. What comes from our hearts? What are we doing? Are we willing? I mean, he... I love how he's throwing out all of this stuff. And, man, I can just imagine this church as tense as they were. I mean, they just, well, wait a minute. Committing adultery. I looked at that woman on the way to the sermon. Right? I just thought ill will towards that guy. Boy, don't, y'all worry about me being offensive. Boy, Jesus, get up in your soup bowl. Yes, he <laughs> He'd destroy a good soup. You think you got it down and everything's good and here comes God. Oh, I know what you've heard, but this is what I'm telling you. This, this sermon is for those that are heavier weighted in grace than law. This is for those people that say, well, God loves everybody. He sure does, and he will spank your butt on the way to hell. But grace, grace, grace was in the Old Testament. Yes, it was. He didn't kill Adam and Eve, did he, physically? He didn't beat them. The first thing God done was showed them grace. He killed an animal, and he clothed them. Grace was in the beginning. It didn't start in the New Testament. What's wrong with people? And even if you wanted to live by grace, well, welcome to grace. I know you didn't go with that woman, but you looked at her. Y'all with me? God is wanting your house to be strong. And I'm not talking about the house that you're building. I'm talking about this house. He wants your house to be strong. He doesn't want you to end up in scenarios like Moses was. Moses come off of the mountain and threw, he threw away, (laughs) he threw away God's blessing. He threw it into the ground and broke it because of what other people we're doing. He got mad and angry and destroyed what God just get. Don't you know? Well, I can say this now because I wasn't there and I didn't bring the things down. I wouldn't have threw them in the ground. I'd have threw somebody else on the ground. I'd have said, here, Aaron, hold these. Yeah. <laughs> or I'd have probably given them to somebody else and I'd have beat Aaron because Aaron was leading the party. And we wonder why our house is being destroyed. Because of how we're letting things enter our lives from what other people are doing. We don't like this president. We don't like that president. We don't like these and we don't like those and we don't like... So we become angry, bitter, divided hatred, discourse, strife. And we wonder why our lives, why we struggle. 
why it always seems like, man, we got to pick back up again. My life was destroyed once. Now i got to pick it back up. Again, I'm getting too old to be picking my stuff back up. So I've got to learn. I've got to learn as I walk with Christ what I should be here. It's hard sometimes to keep your mouth shut. I'm old now and out of shape. So it's easy for me not to punch somebody because I just can't go there anymore. Back in the day now, <laughs> right, we'd fight, over, we'd fight over lunch, wouldn't we? An ice cream pop. Somebody taking 50 cents from me in school, right? Somebody just drawing something stupid on the locker. Well, we'd fight over anything. We'd looking for things to fight for. Now I'm looking for things to run from. <laughs> Right? I want to ask you this morning, what are you applying in your life? And why? Are you doing things out of, out of a works mentality so that you can earn God's grace? Because what that's going to lead to is disappointment, failures, it may even lead to you giving up on faith. Because you're thinking God should do one thing because you've done this. And when God doesn't do it, you hold him accountable for not doing something. And God said it had nothing to do with me not doing it. I just want you to know I can't be manipulated. You can't turn me on and off like an alarm clock. He said, I want you. But I want you tomorrow just like I wanted you yesterday. We've got to stop the dance with God that we do. We only dance with God when the... That's our song. We only worship God... Oh, that's our song. I like that song. I can, I can really worship to that song. If it takes a song for you to worship God, my friend... We're talking about a God, the giver of life. Yes. And it takes a song. I'm not going to have a bunch of friends today. But we're always looking for God to do something for us based off of what it is that we're doing in the physical. I always have to add something to it. God, I'm really struggling, so I'm, I'm going to go to church. But after we get what we need, and after, after the road seems to, to smooth out a little bit, after the waves... Begin to settle in our life. Well, we're back out again doing our thing. We won't sacrifice anything until we're desperate. Yeah. And God said, I want you to be a sacrifice. Yeah. So I'm a, let me break some hearts. I don't care if you put $1,000 in an offering plate. If you didn't give him you... 
You ain't move him with your thousand dollars. You kidding me? He got money. I'm trying to be president of that bank. I don't know if he'll ever hire me or not, but he, he don't need our money. He wants you. And yes, he said difficult is the way. How many of us can honestly say that how we worship God this week, we're satisfied with it? Don't raise all your hands at one time. Ain't nobody raising their hand. Wonder why? Because <laughs> he's shedding some light this morning. And he's going, I know what you've done, and I seen what you done that was good. And that's great. That's great. But are you sacrificing? You give that guy at the gas station five dollars. Done my deed for the week. This ain't all about money, but God attaches your heart to your money, so I might as well come in. I might as well get in your kitchen too. I wonder if there's anything left in us that we can give Him. Do you have anything left? Do you? He give you his last breath. Do you have anything left? No, I'm not trying to make your life miserable. That's not what I'm after. I just want you to understand that when we say we love God and that we had chosen to serve God, that means we serve God with everything in us. It's not just this week because it's good. And it's not next month because it's bad. Because when we get stuck in the mud, man, we need somebody to pull us out. And most times, everything in the world isn't pulling us out. So we come looking for God. We come running to the church. And here's the sad part. You want to know the sad part, Brian? The sad part is the church is letting a lot of people down. Don't run to the church. Run to him. I wonder how many of us do that. See, I, I have to find myself doing it every day because I can't do anything. Y'all gonna hate me after today, aren't you? struggle man we're struggling in our families we're struggling with sickness we're struggling with finances we're struggling with marriages we're, we're struggling we're struggling and God said look man uh, don't just hear don't just hear the words that I'm, apply them not out of a religious act. 
Don't apply it because you need something. Apply it because you love him. And you, you know the best time to worship God is when you don't need nothing. It's easy to say, Jesus, when we're hurting. That's what I want to... How many of you right now have found, have found yourself in a place in life, let's just say for the moment. I don't want to say for the season. But let's just say for the moment. Have found yourself right now in a place where ah, life seems to be... Life okay? Will you worship him now? I mean, give it, give it all to him now. This is what I found over time. Do you know that even the blessings of God are temporary? <laughs> I've watched him bless people with different things. Their health, their family, their marriages, their finances. And then I've also watched them lose it. And it's not because he wants to take it away from you. He don't, he don't want you to be without anything. He said, matter of fact, I want you to lack nothing. The problem is we're not good stewards of what he gives us. Well, bless the Lord. Windows of heaven. But everything, everything that God gives us, we are to be good stewards of. And we, as, as people, as his people, are to take what he gives us as a gift. Because that's what, it's, that's what it is. You ever seen the ungrateful when you give them a gift and they look at you and It'd be kind of like walking up to me and giving me a fruitcake for Christmas. Hint. 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 <laughs> Take that one as the truth. I don't do fruitcakes. <laughs> so if you walk up and you hand me a fruitcake and I kind of go, thanks. It, it's nothing against you. I just don't like what you just give me. I don't like fruitcakes and I won't, I won't try it. I won't eat it. I'm not going to. I just won't. I don't do fruitcakes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shoot, that's almost like some of the things that God gives us because God will give us challenges. And we go, thanks. But we ought to be grateful for that because what he's doing is trying to build us to another level so that he can take us to another place. But we've got to be able to build ourselves up through this to get to that. So the fruitcake is a good thing. I wonder if... Maybe it's trying to build up my immune system. Not. Therefore, whoever, whoever hears these things of mine, he, he took them away from what you heard of the law. He said... I, I know what you heard there, but if you, whatever you hear these things of mine, what I've said, if you will take what I've said and apply what I have said to this, 
this be in our life. I will liken him as a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came. How many of you have got rain in your life? I ain't talking about the good rain. I'm talking about the bad rain. The floods that came in your life and the winds that blew in your life and beat on your house. You ever been in a storm? Have you ever been in a storm? Have you ever been in a storm that, who, Hurricane Hugo, do y'all remember that? I remember that storm because I was in it. I was on a ship. There is nothing less manly than being in a storm that you cannot control. There is nothing more frightening than being in a storm that you cannot control. Have you ever been in one of those storms? Have you heard what he said? If you've heard what he said, will you do what he's asked? And if you'll do what he's asked, he says this. You'll be standing when it all goes away. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He didn't say that you wouldn't go through the rain and the wind. Matter of fact, he says it's coming. I still think that one reason that Peter stepped off the boat to go meet Jesus was because he wanted to fight him. Because Jesus already knew the storm was coming, but he sent the boat anyway. <laughs> Just my ideology. I mean, Jesus sent him into a storm. He, come on, we're talking about God that knows everything. He knew a storm was coming. And he told them, go ahead, get on the boat, go to the other side. I'll meet you there. Okay, well, that's cool and all. You mentioned nothing about this storm, and we in the middle of it. And you're going to come walking up in here. Really? I wonder how many storms God has directed us into. Oh, we blame it on the devil. The biggest devil you got to tend with most of the time is you. Because mostly what you do is what brings you into the storms that you face. But every once in a while, God will put those things in our life. Because he wants to see, you told me last week that you loved me and everything was going good. And you praised me, raised your hands, you done it all. Well, this week wasn't so much like last week. Where you at? Where was you last Sunday? Oh, now pastor will say, we gotta, I ain't talking about you got to be in church. But it's a good thing to be in church. Because if you wasn't in church nine times out of ten, you're not going to be hearing what you're hearing while you're in church. Because when you're out in the world, all you hear is the world. And you spend more time in the world than you spend in church. And you want to know why the influence in your life We talking about it, won't we? We, pastor, here's my kids. You get them two hours a week. 
Make them good. And then you go home, mom and daddy fighting, throwing chairs, kicking dogs, slinging cats, doing it all, just, just running amok. And they want to know why pastor ain't fixing the kids. Because you've had them for all but two hours. <laughs> Let me have them as much as you have them. You might not like it, though. You might want to stay with Daddy. <laughs> he said he'll come. They say that until they get up in the mix. You know, everybody, everybody else's parents are the best. And they go, oh, your child was so great. And you're going, what child you got? Let me look. You got my kid? <laughs> you was watching Megan? Are you sure it was making? God wants to do so much for us. And God wants to make sure that we have stability in our life. But there's a rock that we have to build our house on. And he gave us that rock when he started saying what he said. Yes. He said, look, let me, let, me sum it, let me sum all that up. Don't be pharisaical. Don't do it for the benefit of getting rewards from people. Don't, don't do it for the benefit of thinking you're going to manipulate God. Don't, don't do it so other people can see how holy and how righteous you are. Why don't you do it because you love him? See, there's things that... I can't get but so... We have to do this on a Wednesday. I'll talk to you a little bit more on a Wednesday. But our wives and our husbands, there's things that we don't do in public that we do in the privacy of our own home. God wants the intimacy with you. And intimacy isn't... It, teenagers, unclog your ears... Intimacy, I said unclog. Intimacy is not sex. Right. Intimacy is a change. It's an exchange of communication. That's right. God wants to hear your heart. And see, there's just sometimes, and all of you are the same, you will not give God your heart in a corporate setting. Yeah. And if you do, you only give him a piece because you don't want somebody seeing you. Yeah. You're afraid what somebody behind you might say. Man, if I jump up and down because right now I've just got it all up inside of me and I want to dance like David danced, but as soon as I do, I know that the friends that I brought to church, they're going to say, what's wrong with you, dude? You lost your mind. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hold it. Come on. Yes, you do. You'll, you'll pray. You'll pray. But you'll, you'll pray over here in the corner when the lights are out and, and, and you pray like you. But man, if you get inside your own secret place, nobody else can hear me. They can't, they can't tell just how needy I am or how helpless I feel or how frustrated I've become. Or how tired that I'm getting. Yeah. 
They can't hear all of that if I do it in my secret place. Man, if we would break out and pour our hearts out to God in a corporate setting, I don't know what might happen. Because then there would be a spirit of humility throughout the people. And without humility, God's unable to help. When you think that you deserve it, I look for God to withhold it. Because we deserve nothing. It's by His grace. He wants your heart. He doesn't want what you do. He wants your heart. And if your heart leads you to do it, then do it. And God will honor. Matter of fact, He said that I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. Now, that doesn't mean coming to church on Sunday and Wednesday. That's diligently seeking. Diligently seeking is to apply and do the principles and the precepts that he has taught us. That's diligently seeking God. So instead of being mad at our enemies, we're praying for them. That's diligently seeking God. Because you're doing, you're wanting to be, you're wanting to be in character of God. You follow me? We think diligently seeking God is sitting at the altar and wailing for 72 hours, 96 hours. That's what we think diligently seeking God is. And as soon as we walk away from that altar, we're cussing the cashier, we're flipping off a bad driver, we're... I'm just trying to break it down here on earth with you. Because I know you do it. Not really. Don't get nervous. They're going, man, was he behind me yesterday? No, I didn't even see you. I didn't even see you. I was in Kroger's, but I swear I didn't see him. That's not diligently seeking. God wants us to put it in our heart. And he wants, the Bible says to be careful and guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. If we would guard our heart and take this word and put it in our heart and live by that, I wonder how our life would be. If what I just said was true, and I know it's true because it was written in the book. He's not a God that he should lie. So whatever he says has to be true. So he said, be careful and guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. What is he saying? He says, what you have in your heart will eventually come out your mouth. And it will cause circumstance in your life. Because there's power of life and death in the tongue. So all of it go together. We just got to piece them together. We have to understand them that way. So I'm going to ask you this question and then I'm going to leave you alone for the day. How are you walking? Are you tired? <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard a lot of people, and I, I say it too, that I'm just tired, but I'm just tired. But a lot of us say, you know, I'm, I'm tired of church. I'm tired of the church thing. I'm tired of Christianity. I'm, I'm tired of, 
is it, could it possibly be because of that you're applying your works and you're not seeing the fruits? See, we're, we're trying to bring fruit. And God said that one man plants another waters and he brings the increase. And here we are, we're, we're trying to plant the seed, water the seed, and bring the fruit. That's not what the Bible said that happens. So a lot of us get tired through our frustration because we don't see the fruits of our labor. Can I tell you that you may not ever see the fruit of your labor? I mean, poor David. David fought and fought and fought. David built a dynasty. And everything that he'd done was to build the temple. He wanted a place for God to stay. And God said, nope. But it to be your son. He worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And his son built the temple. His son seen the fruits of his labor. Don't get frustrated over not seeing the fruits of your labor. Just know this. As long as this earth shall endure, there's seed time and harvest. Whether you do the harvest or not, it will come to pass. God said, have I not spoken it? Will I not perform it? Is my arm not, not long enough? Am I not strong enough? I've said it. It'll happen. We've got to continue to do our part. And what's our part? I'm going to break it down easy for you because you need it this way. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. And love God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, finances, joy, <laughs> tears. Everything you have, you love God with it. And everything will be all right. It may not go as planned, but it will be all right. So take these things that you've heard. And apply. And you'll be likened as the man who built his house on a rock. No matter the storms that come, you'll be standing in the end. And you can make it. Don't give up. Right? Right?